This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. All right, you guys, we are here. I am so excited for today's episode. We have Brianne Helfrich on the podcast today. First of all, you have your own podcast. Welcome to the collective. You are the founder and CEO of your own clothing brand, Hellfresh Collective, and you're getting your PhD in bioethics. I'm sorry. Where do you find the time? I know. I get asked that question all the time. And I literally just say, I don't sleep and I <laughs> literally don't balance it well at all, but we we get it done. Make it work somehow. Well, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Can we give everyone a little bit of a backstory of like why you started your clothing brand and kind of also the podcast? Like, why are you doing all the things that you're doing? Yeah, that's such a good question. So during the pandemic, like everyone else, I basically got sent home from my university. I went to school in Arizona, really far away from my hometown. And I basically got sent back home. I was in a hometown that I did not want to be in. I was surrounded by 
kind of just everything that kind of happened in my life, like it just felt like it was all kind of coming back. And I was in a very toxic, I want to say relationship, but it wasn't actually even officially a relationship. It was one of those wild no, ones. I, but I'm cutting you off right there. Yeah. In your eyes, were was it a relationship to you? Yes. Okay. It was a relationship. Yeah. And I think that's something that it's like, I even find myself still stumbling over like my most traumatic mm-hmm. and horrible relationship. Like he refused to call me his girlfriend. But every single thing about what we were doing was a relationship. And so like, it's crazy to me that like now it's like, what, like six, five, six years later from that. And I still stumble over. I'm like, yeah, like this guy I was in a relationship with. Well, it wasn't a relationship, but it was like, no, Mm -hmm. like labels are so frustrating. And, And honestly, like if it was a relationship to you, it was a relationship. You may continue. Oh my God. I <laughs> totally agree. I totally agree. Just because he he had his own sitch going. So anyways, I was in a relationship that I obviously was not treated the way that someone should be treated in a relationship. It was obviously not equal-sided. It was very me putting a lot of my effort in. And when it ended, I basically felt like my world just shattered, which is a lot of energy to put into someone and a lot of like, I don't even know the word, like a lot of pride to put into someone that they could do that to me. And I basically needed something to kind of get myself out of this depressed mental state that I was in. And so I literally decided I was like, everyone's wearing hoodies. We're in the pandemic. Everyone's home. It's my favorite thing to wear. I wear one every day. So I told my parents, I was like, I'm literally just going to make one. We're going to donate a percentage of proceeds to mental health because I was in therapy. I was getting my getting my mental health in check. And it was really important to me to kind of advocate for that. And from that first hoodie that we created, it kind of picked up and everyone started to love it. And I decided this is something that I really loved. And it was something that I was able to kind of be creative for the first time because everything I do is always very academic and very like STEM related and science related. So yeah, and then the podcast started because the first hoodie that we made Not only did I want to donate to mental health, but I also wanted to donate locally. So we had a women's shelter in my hometown, which is Edmonton, that we were donating hoodies to. And I wanted everyone to kind of know like where their donation was going and where their money was going. So I created a not created, but I did an interview with them. And it was like an hour and some long interview. And I was like, where am I going to put this that people are going to listen? Because no one's going to watch like an reel (laughs) about this. And I was like, no one gives two fucks to watch that for that long. So I created the podcast literally to upload that episode. And if you still go back to my first episode, like that's the one. And I I saw that actually. Yeah. And I can't get rid of it because I'm like, it's that's like the origin story. But everyone always listens. And they're like, why is this in here? Because the next one's like, oh, like how I like my healthy tips and tricks. Like everyone's so confused. You know what you should do? You, I don't, depending on what platform you upload your podcast through, you could da- read, say, like download that audio file, add mm-hmm. a little intro of like, hey, you guys, like this is really how this started and kind of give exactly the backstory you told That's me. Such a good idea. Because everyone deserves to stay there forever, but also people would love to know the context. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's actually such 
a good idea because yeah, everyone's always so confused. They're like, why are we <laughs> listening to small town Alberta and like where this women's shelter is? And I'm like, that's just how it started. So I can't so get rid amazing. of it. It's so amazing. And, and it's a, like awesome that you just decided to continue doing it. And now here we are like years yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I started and I just haven't stopped. So I love that. I would love to like pull the female entrepreneurs of the world and learn what percentage of their businesses or apps or podcasts or brands came from breakups. Oh my gosh. Probably a lot. Probably like more than half. Yeah. Every, almost everyone I talk to, it's like, Oh, like, how'd you get into doing this? How'd you come up Mm -hmm. with that? It's like, Oh, I went through a really bad breakup and like needed to find myself and my passion. And like, this is what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. Literally. (laughs) And then he actually ended up buying a hoodie once we launched them. And I was like, I was like, I will, I will take your money. Like I will let you buy one, but you're the reason that this all started. So like, thank you. I guess for having this be the case. I don't know. It was so weird. Thank you. Okay. This is weird. Sure. Yeah. It was like so wild. Oh my God. Why do you, you mentioned about like this relationship ending. Mm -hmm. What led it to end if it was like, it was clearly like a situation where like you mentioned, like you weren't being treated the way you deserved. What? Yeah. I'm curious, like what led it to end? Cause I, I often find when people are in those situations, it ends up almost not being their choice to end it, even though Mm -hmm. they wanted to leave, but like didn't feel like they could, you know? Yeah. That's literally the exact case. It wasn't me that decided to end it, which is why I think I was so distraught because I basically was begging this man to like me. Like he would tell me, I don't think I want a relationship. I don't think I want to be in this. And I was like, but we can work on it. We can, that's fine. Like we can just like hang out all the time and not put a label on it. But like, yeah, you are my boyfriend. Like we are doing boyfriend things and like that kind of thing. And so basically I think it just got to a point where he just kind of had enough and he wasn't very emotionally available the entire time anyways. So just kind of looking back on it, like there were so many signs that it was just never going to work out, but he was the one that ultimately ended up ending it. And I basically was grasping at straws to keep this relationship. And it wasn't until maybe like a few months later that I finally was like, okay, we're going to let it go. Like literally he would end it and I would still kind of reach out occasionally and like try to keep the convo going about random stuff that we like maybe talked about once Yeah, just because I was like, there's no way I can just let this go. And I think my pride was hurt too. And it was just a whole thing. I had a conversation with my best friend Carly about this the other day Mm -hmm. where every single breakup we went through, like we have never gone with grace. (laughs) And (laughs) We're like, my pride was hurt, but it's like, we, we make it worse for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we, almost like dig ourselves into this hole of like, okay, well, like I'm just going to try one more time. And it's like, well, that didn't work, yeah. but he responded. So maybe there's exactly. hope. Like, like if I just showed him this thing or said this thing or made him remember this, like, like there is a reason mm-hmm. that we were together. There's like something there, like, and we just make it worse and worse and worse for ourselves where A, we're feeling worse every day. Mm -hmm. And we're like, but I'm like, we're giving it literally every last ounce of us and it's still not working. That's also embarrassing for us. Yeah. Looking back, I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, why do we do that? I don't know. I, I think also, I mean, growing up, like I was always told, like, fight for what you want, like fight right. for it, fight for it, fight for it. And so I kept thinking that all the time. I was like, no, but maybe he just doesn't know what he wants. So like, let me show him what he wants. Like, let me fight for this. Do you regret doing it like continuing to fight or do you feel like it was an important part of you eventually like accepting that it was over and starting to heal I don't think I regret doing it I think I regret doing it for how long I did it (laughs) but I think I needed to just so that I could walk away from it and be like I did everything I literally was and this sounds horrible but I was like I was gonna change everything about myself to be with this person and like I literally gave it my all and I tried my hardest and it just didn't work out. So then once it was done and like finally I came to grasp with it, I was like, I, there's nothing else I can do. Like I literally was going to change my personality for this man. So like, what more do you want from me? Right. Like there's, it gets to a certain point where you've actually run out of options and ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Except defeat. (laughs) Now like let's get to the next stage of this process it's like it's denial yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. I'm in the grieving process and I was just not okay with it (laughs) yeah exactly okay brave the uncomfortable those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history 
industry and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So what, you're in a relationship now. Mm -hmm. How long have you been in this relationship for? Over two years. Over two years. Okay. So somewhere in the beginning of COVID at around then this other relationship Mm -hmm. ended or right Mm -hmm. before COVID, what happened in between? Oh, I went on so many dates. I was talking to everyone. I was doing literally the absolute most. I'm normally a very big relationship person. I've only ever had two official boyfriends in my life. And the first relationship was three years. I got my first boyfriend when I was 19. So I was kind of like a late bloomer. And then I obviously have Dean and we've been together for over two years. So I kind of just went through my phase, obviously a little bit later in life than most people do. I was like 
22, 23. And I just kind of talked to literally any single person. I talked to everyone. I went on so many first dates. I literally just tried to get to know as many people as I possibly could. And then one of them finally stuck. But (laughs) was your goal during that period to just have fun and get to know as many people as you could? Or was your goal to meet somebody? Honestly, I think both. I think I always would be okay with me meeting someone. When I met Dean, it I already knew that I was going to be moving in a few months to go to school again. So I wasn't really focused on having a relationship like from my hometown because I was like, do I really want to do long distance? Do I really want to do any of that? So You're I was going just back to Arizona. Of, um, I was going to Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, do I really want to do that? I was literally talking to boys in Pittsburgh. Like I was like, we're going to like pre-plan and like (laughs) meet people already there. And so I was kind of just having fun, but also I'm just such a person that I love having a relationship. And that's just, I'm not a casual dater. Like I get very attached very easily. And so when it just clicked, it clicked, but I wasn't technically looking for it. When it clicked, mm-hmm. how did you it kind of instantly jump into, I guess, a long distance thing? Yeah. It so once we started dating, I think we had two months actually like being together in the same hometown. And then I moved to Pittsburgh. But luckily, Dean and I are very good at communication, which I think if you're doing long distance, that's the number one thing that you have to have. I mean, any relationship, that's the number one thing, but especially long distance because you're not with them all the time. And the hardest part was if we got in an argument or we got in a fight, you can't just be there with each other and you can't just kind of like sit with each other and be like, oh, I love you. Like, we're fine. We actually had to talk through it and work through it because we couldn't be in the same room. We couldn't just like hug each, hug each other, like hold each other and that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, long distance is wild, but it, I honestly think it made us better because we had to learn how to communicate really quick right off the bat. We didn't have a lot of time to kind of get into a certain routine and habit. It was like, we started dating and then I was like, okay, bye. We got to learn how to make this work. (laughs) Right. I'm curious with that, like early communication, like Mm -hmm. there's obviously like an early expression of like feelings and like, yeah, I want to make this work what was there like a balance of like fear of expressing these feelings, but knowing you had to where like sometimes people when, if somebody tells them like opens up, like, yeah, I like you or like, I want to be with you, but it's like too, it's like earlier than normal. They get Mm -hmm. a little scared away. Like how did you navigate that knowing you did need to go this extra mile to communicate, but also just kind trying to like maintain a semi-normal timeline. Yeah. So when we first started talking, I already told him that I was going to move. I wanted him to kind of know that right off the bat because once it started, once we started going on like more than one date, I was like, maybe you should know just in case this like isn't something you want to do because long distance isn't for everyone. And I feel like it's so hard. But also when we first started hanging out, obviously it was still kind of like at the end of, I mean, I don't know what's really the end of COVID, but we could like start doing things a little bit more. So we were spending so much time together and it just felt so easy. And we've just both, you know, when you just both know that like this is meant to be something, it was kind of that sort of thing. And because we had 
three months together before I actually moved. It was enough time for us to kind of like progress our relationship quickly, but also not too fast that we were kind of scared. Like both of us were more excited about it. And so I think that helped a ton, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I love that, that sense of like, when the both of you just know, yeah. because I think I see so many people like, I don't know how they feel or like, I don't know how I feel. And it's such an anxiety producing feeling mm-hmm. to just to not know and to not be certain. And like, when you do experience that feeling of like, I know that this feels good. And I know that they think this feels good too. Yes. And it's this like unspoken thing of like, this is just right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I hope everybody gets to feel that. And I hope people can hear your story and, and realize like, if they are absolutely panicking over mm-hmm. like, whether someone's texting them back or not, or making the next plan, like, and they feel like in their gut, like this doesn't feel good. Like it's probably not the right person and that's okay. Exactly. And I mean, I used to be a person that when I was talking to so many different people and trying to date people for like the first time, really, I thought it was normal to constantly have anxiety over the other person. If they liked me, even in that relationship that I mentioned at the beginning, I was every single day waking up being like, is he going to text me today? Like, is he going to text me good morning? And I thought that was the norm. And then once you kind of get on the other side and you're in a relationship where you don't have that fear, it's literally one of the best feelings ever to not have anxiety about a relationship when you have anxiety about everything else in your life all the time. Like it's so comforting and just so soothing and so nice. Yeah. I, as an anxious person, I couldn't agree more where it's like, it was actually a crazy concept. Like, and tell me if you felt this way too, where like the first six months of my relationship with Jake, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop because I didn't believe that it could actually just be easy and feel Mm -hmm. good. Like, and I was causing myself anxiety that did not need to exist because I was just like, well, it's, it's been four months. Like it, it never gets to four months. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, like he actually asked me to be his girlfriend. Like what if he changes his mind? Like I was yeah. literally doing every what if and making up stories in my head because I was almost uncomfortable with how comfortable it was. Cause I have not been used to that. I totally literally the same. I mean, even now over two years later, I'm still like, is something going to happen? Like, it's just, right. why is this so easy. Like, why is it so easy to be with this person? And it's just something that I had to realize, like, this is actually normal. Of course, we have arguments and fights. But most of the time that we're together, it's super happy and we love it. And I think that's when you know that it's a really good relationship when you're happy more than you're upset or angry or fighting with each other. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I want to go back to your single era. Mm -hmm. You went on a ton of dates. Mm -hmm. I love finding out what people learned about themselves while Mm -hmm. going on a lot of dates, because I think people kind of miss, like everyone kind of looks at dating as like, okay, you date to like, just meet your person. That's it. Mm -hmm. But there is so much that's happening along the way. Like you're learning about yourself. You're learning about other people. You're learning about what you do like and what you don't like. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you can think of that like you realized on this like single Brie journey that you went on with all these dates? I mean, I think the biggest thing is 
I learned a lot of my boundaries going on these first dates. And what I mean by that is just if someone did something that I just wasn't into and normally I would, when I was younger, I would basically just kind of like accommodate whatever someone were to give me. And as I've gotten older and when I went through that kind of single era for a little bit, but I was much older, I realized I wasn't going to put up with stuff. And so if I went on a first date and I just did not like them, I didn't feel bad at all for being like, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. We're not, we're not compatible. We're not even going to give it a second chance. Whereas when I was younger, I would have been like, well, maybe like, maybe they were nervous and they said something kind of like out of context. And now I'm just like, these are my boundaries. If someone doesn't kind of match it, then we're just going to not do it anymore. Yeah. Like we're just not going to waste our time. And I think just, like you said, just learning about yourself. Like I was always super shy and super nervous to go on these dates. And like you said, the biggest thing is I was always thinking kind of, do they like me? Is there something like, what should I be saying right now to make them like me? Is there a certain way I should act? Should I do my hair a certain way for this? Like, what is it that they're going to want from me. And as I got older and as I went on all these dates, I kind of realized like after a few dates, you kind of realize like maybe I'm not the problem every time. Like maybe (laughs) they're the problem sometimes. And you kind of flip it around and you're like, okay, but do I even like them? And that was kind of a big turning point for me. And something that also just helped me gain my confidence when it came to dating is not so much thinking like, do they like me? But do I even like them? Like, do I even want to keep going out with them and most of the time it was a no so yeah yeah I think that's like the most powerful thing you can do is shift that narrative and I literally never did it like Mm -hmm. I was fully in the do they like me camp and like how do I get them to like me and when I met Jake I had gone on a few dates with this other guy and Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with this Mm -hmm. other guy like absolutely obsessed losing sleep like crying because I didn't know when I was going to see him again and I then started going out with Jake and like Jake was so communicative and so like I let's make another plan and as Jake was being great this other guy was like being kind of flaky and like being Mm -hmm. I don't know like making me feel really anxious and my friend literally said to me like Alana do you even like this guy? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter if he doesn't like me. Like all that matters is, does he like me or not? And and my friend was like, you're not answering the question. Do you like him? Mm -hmm. And I tried to like bend around that question (laughs) in any way I could, I would not answer. And and my friend finally was like, Alana, you cannot tell me that you like this guy. You clearly don't. You only want him to like you. And I was Mm -hmm. like, holy shit, I think you're right. And I like, I just wish I could go back and, and tell myself to look at dating and all these situations through that lens, because I think it would have empowered me to make better choices and to know when I wasn't feeling something. And Mm -hmm. it's like, dating is a two way street finding a partner. It's a partnership. Like you also Mm -hmm. matter in it and your feelings matter and your opinions matter. And it's, it's just so crazy that I spent so many years just wanting people to like me. 
I agree. I am a massive people pleaser and I'm sure a lot of other girls listening to this are too. And so when it came to dating, that was always my number one concern. And also my number one priority was I wanted to one, not make someone feel bad if I wasn't into them or didn't want to talk to them anymore. And so for a really long time, I would kind of, I don't want to say lead them on because I wasn't intentionally trying to lead them on, but I just felt bad not really being into them. So I just kept it going longer than I should have. And looking back, I'm like, I should have cut it off so much sooner because it's way better for them. It's way better for me. And like you said, it's a two-way street. So if either of you aren't feeling it, then that's okay. And that's normal. And then there's going to be someone else out there that you're going to just vibe with a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I want to shift gears a little. You Mm -hmm. have been doing this amazing Confident Girl Summer series on Welcome to the Collective. Mm -hmm. And I really want to talk about that because I know that so many people listening right now struggle with feeling confident, whether it's going on dates, Mm -hmm. whether it's just like going to a party, going to a weekend away, like wherever it is, it is really difficult to feel confident. And I just admire that you're kind of bringing this narrative of like, let's learn how to feel confident. Like we can all do this. We can empower ourselves. We can uplift ourselves and each other to feel like our best selves so that we can walk into that room knowing we're great and knowing like we get to decide if we like people versus if they like us. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear a, why you started Confident Girl Summer Series and B, what you've learned from yourself thinking about it from other people you've spoken to. Yeah. So I first started it because obviously in the summer, the biggest thing is hot girl summer is what everyone says. And of course, yes, feel good in your skin and that's everything that you want. But I also was like, okay, but I want us to feel like confident. Like I want us to all feel like so fucking confident no matter what we're doing. And then I started thinking about summer in particular and I'm like, we go to the beach more. And I know that body confidence is really tough for a lot of us. That's something I struggle with. And I literally will probably struggle with it for the rest of my life. I know that social confidence, like we go out more, we see people. I'm a very anxious person. So going out in public settings with a ton of people, I get really nervous. And so I just was kind of thinking, what can I do to kind of help everyone, but also help myself just kind of like get little tips and tricks to kind of just boost our confidence as we go through the summer. And so that's kind of why it started. And then each episode, we kind of focus on a different sort of topic. So like I mentioned, we do either body confidence one episode or social confidence or confidence to do things by yourself. That's one thing that I really had to learn is being okay to be in my own company, especially moving to new places. You don't know people all the time. And so I always had to say to myself, do I really want to sit at home and miss out on something because I'm too scared to go alone? Probably not. So let's suck it up and go and do it. But confidence is definitely something that's super difficult. It's something that every day it's going to change. It's you're going to wake up and something's it's going to go one way or the other. And it's something that we constantly have to work at. But yeah, it's definitely very difficult. One of the biggest tips that people have given me, which I normally like hate them, but affirmations is kind of the biggest thing before I do literally anything. I will just hype myself up. I'll either like play music or stand in my mirror, which sounds so weird. And I know people think it's so weird, but just hyping yourself up. And also 
going off of the whole people pleasing thing, I used to be so embarrassed to like feel confident in myself because I was just so nervous that people were going to think I was cocky or rude or not humble in some way. And I basically had to learn and have everyone else kind of tell me that being proud of yourself and confident in who you are is one of the best things ever. And there's such a different line and standard between cockiness and like confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I am glad you brought that up. I think that's so important. And it's so funny because I feel like there are so many times where everybody else is cheering us on or proud of us or telling us like, you look great, you did great. And Mm -hmm. like, even when that's happening, we don't have it in us sometimes to say like, okay, I look great. Okay. I did great. Okay. I am great. And it's, it's so weird how that happens and like why we can't wrap our heads around this idea that maybe we did great. And that's something to be proud of. And that's something to be excited about and to celebrate versus just continuing to say, Oh no, no. Like, well, I didn't feel good during it. Or I, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could do it again. And I know that's something I struggle with. But one thing about confidence that I think is really interesting, and I'm curious if you feel the same way about this. I don't think I know like any girl who's actually confident. No, I don't think so either. And I think a lot of the time what we... Sometimes we perceive people as being extremely, extremely confident, but that can just be kind of a defense mechanism sometimes. And I think a big reason, at least for me, the reason that I always associated kind of like confidence with like cockiness or like kind of being mean and like entitled is just from like growing up and like girls in high school, you're like, oh my God, they're so fucking confident. And then you're like, okay, but they're also the biggest bitch. And you're like- what the heck? But most of the time, and as I got older, I realized that's just a defense mechanism. And that's kind of just them trying to exude something that they might not necessarily like have, I guess. And just kind of like, it's all from insecurities is really just what it is. Totally. And it's so interesting also how like, we'll tell ourselves, well, that person is really pretty or like knows what they're doing. So that person must be so confident. Well, guess what? If you went and asked that person, Mm -hmm. if they would consider themselves as confident, I bet you a million bucks. They would say, absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I tell people all the time. I'm like, none of us actually know what we're doing. None of us what we're doing. We're just trying to take it day by day. So never compare yourself to someone because chances are they're so confused all the time. I'm like just going through things too. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think it like social media obviously plays a role in that too, Mm because people are showing their best stuff and making it look like they have everything figured out. And it's the opposite from true, but, but I'm guilty of it too. Like when I'm having a bad day, I'm not like posting me looking homeless, like having a bad day on the couch, not wanting to get up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I say that too. I mean, like you said, social media is such a highlight reel, but also like, am I going to post that Dean and I got into a fight? No. No. Like that's not something for me to share with everyone. So I always say, just know that everything that we're seeing, take it with a grain of salt. Obviously it's so much easier said than done, especially when you're already kind of in a negative mindset and you see stuff, I always am like, this is fact. This is exactly how this person is living. They're having the best time ever when really like 
Nope. Even just posting on social media. I'm like, I posted a photo from six months ago and I posted it yesterday and I'm like, well, here's a photo, but that's not at all what I was doing or any resemblance of my life currently. So yeah. I watched something on TikTok yesterday. It was this like neurosurgeon or something, neuroscientist, whomever, who was saying that they've done research on the impact of looking at social media when you first Mm -hmm. wake up and how if you open like Instagram or TikTok and you scroll when you first wake up, A, it leads you to do that more throughout the day, Mm -hmm. but B, it makes you feel like you actually have a worse day because of it. You're more down on yourself. You're harder on yourself. Like you're more anxious because of all Mm -hmm. of the things that you're seeing. And that's so interesting. And meanwhile, I watched this yesterday. What's the first thing I did when I woke up today? (laughs) I opened Instagram and then I opened TikTok and then Mm -hmm. I went to my other Instagram account. Like why? But it's so crazy because like, I, I mean, we don't even know like the long-term effects of it yet because it's so new. It's just, it's crazy to think like what we're doing to ourselves and how we're making ourselves more anxious. Minute yeah. by minute. I heard the same thing pretty much that the first 20 minutes of your day is when your mind's the most impressionable. So you want to always think positive thoughts. You want to not look on social media, but same thing. I mean, kicking that habit is one of the things that I've been trying to work on for like seven years. Yeah. So we're still going to try and work on it, but we'll see. We're, we're doing our best. Yeah. I, yeah we're trying. The first 20 minutes of my day this morning, I was like, I can't do today. I need to cancel my report. I'm going wedding dress shopping for the first time this afternoon. I was like, I can't. I refuse. Like, I'm not okay. Like, I I feel bloated today. Like, I can't do it. And I literally was just like, I, I, I quit. I need tomorrow already. And like, yeah. now. That was the first 20 minutes of my day. Oh my God. Okay. One, that's so exciting though. That's extremely exciting. But I woke up this morning and I was so tired. And I said to Dean, I was like, do you ever wake up in the morning and want to cry because you're so tired? And he was like, he was like, no. No. And I go, okay, because I wake up every day and I want to ball my eyes out. <laughs> so I'm like, very different, very different lives we're living. I, I sent Jake, like, a, he went to the gym and I, it was like a stream of consciousness text, like, everything mm-hmm. uh, I was feeling. Wait, I signed up for a workout class. I'm so upset. I wish I didn't. He goes, why? I go, I really don't feel good, but now I have to go. He goes, why? I go, because otherwise I'll lose a credit. <laughs> and I'm not prepared for either of my recordings. I think I need to cancel at least one of them. Ugh, my stomach hurts. Ugh, I'm so stuffy. And I woke up to all these texts and emails and I have so much to do. And Barkley didn't poop on his walk and he needs more of a walk, but I had to come back because now I'm in a rush for my class. And he just goes, okay. <laughs> He's at the gym, like lifting. He's like, okay, dude, it's like going into his like headphones, like a series yeah. saying all of it. He's like, there's he he's like, there's nothing I can say to talk this girl off the sledge right oh now. God. Like she's doomed. Oh my god. I'm so yeah. glad that we're the same person at least. Like, I'm so glad. Same, and I'm very proud of us for making it to this recording. I know me too. Because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, it was a struggle to get here, but I'm so happy we did. So me too. Uh okay. Before I let you go, mm-hmm. what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? Be yourself. And I know that that sounds so fucking stupid and it's like so cliche, but when I was dating people, I would almost morph myself 
to fit their personalities. And I would kind of go home and I'm like, why the fuck did I say that? Like, I don't say these words. Like I would say something weird, like slay or like, I don't know, like just something weird. And I was I like, this Ella when I would like date. Oh my God. Same. I would text it to everyone. <laughs> but I'm like, this isn't who I am. Like not and in my I vocabulary, would, 363 days of the year. So yeah. And I would kind of, sometimes I would dumb myself down because I was like, I don't want to seem kind of like high and mighty that I'm smart or like just I would try and morph myself to be who I thought these people wanted me to be and at one point my mom was like these boys that you're bringing home are like horrible she's like where why are these even people you're associating with and I'm like honestly probably because I pretended to be who they like who they would attract so she literally was like you got to just go and be yourself and the right person's gonna come to you when you're literally just being your normal self. And at some point they're going to find out who you normally are. And that's the scariest thing too, is at some point they're going to like find it out. So you might as well just be it right off the jump. And if it fits, it fits. And if not, then you find someone else. 1000%. And I love that your mom called you out on like, Brianne, who are you bringing home? Like, stop it. Oh my God. She hated all of them. She was like, I don't know where you're finding these people. And I'm like, Tinder. I'm I'm finding them on Tinder and I'm pretending to be someone that I like my personality just does not match. Yeah. And and just to, to go off of that too, like nothing feels better than knowing that somebody likes you for exactly who you are. Exactly. It's the nicest nicest feeling like I know I can literally do the craziest shit and Dean's gonna be like that's my girl like that's (laughs) yeah nope that's exactly what I would expect from her (laughs) was her yesterday we'll choose her again today and tomorrow (laughs) he's like yep that's exactly what I would expect so I love it thank you so so much for being here where can everybody find you the podcast the clothing company all that yeah. So my Instagram is at Brianne Helfrich. And then our clothing brand is called Helfrich Collective. And so the website's just helfrichcollective.com. And then the podcast is Welcome to the Collective. And I'm pretty sure you can listen to it anywhere that you listen to podcasts, but you for sure can listen to it on Apple and Spotify. <laughs> Those are the only two I know. And I will have all of that linked in the show notes. Thank you so, so much for being here. This has been so fun. And I really am so proud of us for making it through because we almost (laughs) did it. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Love you all. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!